reading from Acts. Then Paul stood in front of the Aragopos and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grow for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Even as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
A reading from Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
believe in God, the Father of all Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the bodies, and the life.
inspired and enable them to be diligent in good works for the welfare of their people and the good of your church. Receive our thanks for the witness to the gospel and grant that we, with them, may attain to the crown of glory that never fades away. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Good evening, everyone. It's a pleasure to welcome you all to Trinity Cathedral on this evening of Evensong, the last before the season of Advent. I would remind you that there is a light supper served in Church Hall following this service and educational programming following the meal. It is a particular pleasure this evening to welcome back to the cathedral, the Reverend Rosalind Hughes, who is in her professional life at the Church of the Epiphany in Euclid, but who has very, very deep roots here at the cathedral, as so many of you know. This was the church that, that raised her up to become a priest in the Episcopal Church. And so it is with a particular pleasure that we welcome you this evening the Reverend Rosalind Hughes. Well, thank you, and it's always such a delight to be back home. King Kamehameha IV was no saint by some accounts, or at least if he was a saint, he was still not, not the kind of good guy into whose hands you would want to put a gun. His close friend and personal secretary would have attested to that, since the king apparently shot him not once, but twice. The first time only slightly, and by accident, and the second time in a drunken and jealous rage, inflicting a wound that would eventually prove fatal. After the shooting that would lead to the death of his friend, Kamehameha was overcome with grief and remorse and was persuaded only with difficulty not to renounce his throne and stand trial as a civilian for the crime. He lavished loving care upon his friend and victim, 
but the patient died a couple of years later. And soon that grief and guilt was compounded by the death of the king and queen's young son, Albert, and it's commonly believed that it was a broken heart that exacerbated the king's asthma and led to his own early death at the age of only 29. They say that only the good die young. But the short life of Alexander Liho Liho, otherwise known as Kamehameha, tells another truth, that the line between saint and sinner doesn't divide one man from another, but runs perhaps a little off-center through them all. As Jesus once told a person on his knees before him, no one is good but God alone. But we celebrate Kamehameha and his queen, Emma, for good reason, and they are commemorated with the same gospel as we just heard on Sunday, with good reason. In a literal and concrete response to the gospel, they built a hospital. They knew the gospel imperative to take care of the sick and the poor and the needy, and they responded with practical and substantial assistance, raising money and using their influence to provide health care in the wake of devastating epidemics of illness among the islands. And it's said that after the death of the king, Emma devoted her life to continuing such good works and promoting schools and churches and programs to care for the poor and the sick. And so these two monarchs are commemorated with the same gospel as we read on Christ the King Sunday because they modeled their reign on public service, serving as shepherds of their people and feeding the flocks entrusted to them with justice and mercy, except it seems for the occasional accident. They also called on missionaries from the Church of England to help them spread the common prayer of Christianity across their people and the islands. In his last years, the king spent much of his time translating the Book of Common Prayer into the Hawaiian language and making plans to build a cathedral, which was finished finally after many efforts of Emma's after the queen's death. It was dedicated to St. Andrew, on whose feast day the king had died. And in his preface to the, his translation of the Book of Common Prayer, Kamehameha explained the urgency of his project. He saw it as a holy calling for people to be joined together in a common prayer, a united voice of praise and thanksgiving and petition, undistracted by the need for novelty or invention. He wrote, the prayers having been prepared of old, the Psalms ordered, the hymns sanctioned, the rites and offices authoritatively established, then indeed we can worship with all our mind and all our heart and all our strength. But he also alluded to his own more personal need for prayer, for the community of prayer to lift his own heart. He said, this is a book for every day and every hour of the day. It is for the solitary one and for the family group. It asks for blessings in this world as well as in the world to come that we may be guarded from all manner of harm, from all kinds of temptations, from the power of lust, from bodily suffering, and also that we may find forgiveness of our sins. That we may find forgiveness of our sins. Kamehameha knew that too often we, even good Christians we, are the cause of injury and affliction to one another. We are the ones who provoke the needs for hospitals and care of the poor that we are called to provide. Too often, we are the ones who cause others to cry out to God in prayer, deliver us from evil. The line between saint and sinner, between good and evil, runs a little off-center through each of us. So the call of the gospel, even the gospel that we read today, is not only to service, but also to repentance. The, to the recognition of real and actual injury committed in the pursuit of our own life and happiness through envy or avarice or ignorance, and to the commitment to make amends in the sight of the one who sits upon the throne of judgment. And it is in the pursuit of that reconciliation that we are invited to seek and serve Christ in all others, even Christ who has already sought and served us, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Kamehameha wrote, 
The church has not left us to go by one step from darkness into the awful presence and brightness of God, but it has prepared for our use prayers to meet the necessities of every soul, whether they be used in public or in private. And so in the gathering shadows of the evening of the year, as we yearn as if by force to turn the earth back towards the brightness of the lengthening days which are yet to come, whatever the necessity of our own souls for healing, for repentance, for renewal, we gather as recommended by a king, a sinner, and a saint, to find a staircase wrought by the rituals and mysteries practiced through the ages by the church a ladder of lightening shadows, fleeing before the awful presence and brightness of our God. Amen.
After a long day, evening has fallen with its promise of stillness and quiet. We pray for the grace to be still and quiet in the presence of God. After a long day, evening offers us opportunity to lay aside stress we have experienced, weariness we may feel, unhappiness we may have encountered. We pray for the grace to find relief from stress, rest for our weariness and happiness in God's creation. After a long day, evening brings darkness. We pray for the grace to know God's light and to rejoice in his promise that the night will lead us to a new day of hope and promise, of happiness and energy, of accomplishment and satisfaction. In God's name we pray, amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Please join me. Be present, Spirit of God, within us, your dwelling place and home, that this house may be one where all darkness is penetrated by your light, all troubles calmed by your peace, all evil redeemed by your love, all pain transformed in your suffering, and all dying glorified in your risen life. Amen. Let us bless our Peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.